the DNR is hosting the uh, Festival of Trees, which is kind of like an Arbor Day, Arbor Month celebration um, where they're going to have, trying to bring the community in, there's going to be a kids' climb um, hosted by the University of Minnesota um, where kids can put on a saddle, climb up a tree, there's volunteers helping them out, not just cool. letting them go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knock yourselves out, kids. Yeah. <laughs> the city, I believe, is going to have bring their utility bucket truck down there and give bucket truck rides to kids um, and probably adults too. So, um, And then there'll be a bunch of, like, not vendors, but booths out there, in- informational booths about um, trees and yeah. all that stuff. So. This is the Buffalo Community Podcast, all about the greatest small town in the USA, the people in it, and how it all works together. Here are your hosts, Tyler Reese and Mark Benzer. Another fun episode of the Buffalo Community Podcast got with us today, 2000, class of 2000 Buffalo High School graduate. Ryan Gustafson. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, got a couple of interesting topics to tackle today. One, um, you know, touching on an upcoming event coming out to Sturgis Park. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, the dreaded Emerald Ash Borer yeah. has found its way into Buffalo, which was probably inevitable. But uh, why don't we just get kick things off with the good news, the fun stuff. What's happening up at Sturgis Park? All right. On Saturday, May 20th, um, the Minnesota Society of Arbor Culture is hosting the uh, Minnesota Tree Climbing Championship in Sturgis Park. Um, there'll be 50 climbers that'll be competing in five different events. And then um, the top five cli- men climbers and top five women climbers uh, will be competing on Sunday in the Masters Challenge to become the master climber. And sure. And that winner... The male and female winners go to the international climbing competition, which I think is down in Albuquerque this year. Oh, they have to climb cactuses or something down there? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a couple questions about that. A, a climbing competition, like, is it uh, more challenging as it goes up? Is it fastest or like at the nationals? Do you get to fight Groot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's well, the five different events that they have um, in the competition, there's. Um, a throw line competition where they have this little weighted ball and you have to throw it up over a branch and then set a rope because that's how the climbers get up into the tree. Mm-hmm. There is an aerial rescue where they have a dummy that is like injured in the tree and you have to climb up, get them safely down to the ground. Um, there's a blade speed climb where it's kind of like rock climbing where you have someone on the ground kind of tightening your rope and you just climb oh. up the tree as fast as you can. Belade. I thought it was yes. blade. I thought, <laughs> this sounds cool. Yeah, it's a lot <laughs> of people when I say tree climbing competition, they think like t- or steel timber sports where you're sure. like spiking up poles, but there's no chainsaws, no big yeah. power equipment or anything like uh-huh. that. It's all just climbing. Um, and then the other events, there's a work climb where they start at the top of the tree, have to hit like five different stations in the tree and get down sure. within a certain amount of time. And then a ascent event where they basically climb straight up a rope 50 feet as fast as they can. Oh, cool. Wow. One, that's uh, what I love about Buffalo is like bringing events, unique events like that. I mean, one, tree climbing, uh, the kite festival, even like the cars. And Sturgis Park is a great Mm -hmm. uh, avenue for that. Absolutely. So um, outside of that, so May 20th, make sure you guys go there. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your connection to Buffalo. 
Um, I moved to Buffalo in, I think, 94, 95, somewhere there. My mom got a job in Buffalo, and we moved to town. Uh, graduated from Buffalo in 2000, as Mark said. Um, and I left for college for a few years, came back, and never left, and really like it here and raising my kids here. That sounds like a familiar uh, pathway for yeah. many Buffalo <laughs> graduates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> many Buffalo graduates. So, um, so how did you get started with the Minnesota Association of or Society of Arbor Culture? Um, so, I went to college for when I went to school. I was going to go for natural resources, not really sure which avenue, and I found. Uh, they had an urban forestry degree. I went to Stevens Point, Wisconsin, and um, there was the Student Society of Arboriculture, which is a little student group, and got involved in that. And then after I graduated, each state or region of the country has their own chapter of the International Society of Arboriculture. So I got involved with the local chapter as I started working here, and mm-hmm. um, now I'm currently vice president. And next year I'll be president for two years and four yes. more years yeah four more years. <laughs> what does what does the uh, the MSA do yeah MSA um, so we're a big focus of ours is to educate um, the arboriculture industry so providing educational opportunities for arborists throughout the state um, and then providing education to homeowners and stuff like that about mm-hmm. proper tree care and all that stuff. I like that. Let's talk about emerald ash borer a little bit. Yeah. Proper tree care. That seems to be like a trigger term. And how bad is it? Is it bad? Is it what? What can happen? Yeah, emerald ash borer is pretty bad. Um, it kills ash trees. Um, no ash tree is. They haven't found a resistant ash tree yet. Um, so it starts in the top of the tree, and it's usually in the tree for three to four years, and then the tree really starts to decline and then dies. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash tree is one of the most common trees in the landscape just because you could plant it just about anywhere and it would grow and do fine. Yeah. Um, so after the elms died in the 70s from Dutch elm disease, they replaced them with ash trees. So it's a big problem for a lot of communities because that's the most um, populated tree that they have in their communities. Sure, and it, it definitely changes the landscape of a community too. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, you go down... I was, I was a mailman, and there was this just beautiful, uh, it was 4th Street. It doesn't mean anything to you guys, but um, they were redoing the sewer and water and everything, and they cut down all of these oak trees. Mm. And it was just, you know, 100-year-old oak trees. I was like, oh, man. But it just it just kind of looks meh after that. So yeah, preventative, I mean, is it just is there stuff for people to look out, out for? Or? Yeah, there's... Um there is treatments you can do to help protect your trees, um, and that's very effective. It's uh, You inject it into the trunk of the tree, and it lasts for two years, but something you have to do every two years for basically the life of the tree. Um, and you want to do that before your trees become infested with emerald ash borer. That's the best way. Sure. Because um, once they're already in there and damaging the tree, then you know the damage sure. is already done. Um to signs of emerald ash borer, the biggest sign is woodpecker damage in the tree. If you start seeing what they call blonding, where the bark starts turning a, a blondish color in the upper canopy, that's woodpeckers going after the larvae of the beetle underneath the bark. Okay. And so you'll see a tree where it's like the ground is just covered with little uh, things of bark, and mm-hmm. um, that's pretty heavily infested ash tree. Sure. Do they attack other types of trees? Now that uh, I'm looking at my own my forest. question. Oh, sorry. Like, Here, what is let, it let's about, rewind it, Mark. Well, Ask that question. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what are they? I mean, what is it about the that 
ash tree that attracts this bug? Uh, it's um, just a you know it it's native to like Southeast Asia, Korea area, and it just evolved to feed on ash trees. But the ash there have a natural resistance, and um, so. They can kill a tree here and there, but they've kind of grown up together. Um, but the trees here don't have that resistance to it, and so they're yeah. just attracted to ash trees. They've been, you know, evolved to just go after ash trees. Huh? That's weird. Yeah. Why don't we just take those China or uh, Southeast Asia trees? <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, yeah, those. I, I'm sure they're working on it. Sure. Um, you know, with elm trees, they've come out with um, resistant varieties of american elms so i'm sure there's sure. a lab somewhere working on gotcha. resistant ash trees okay okay sorry i was just hmm. kind of seems simple but then yeah. again trying to plant billions of trees right. yeah. Yeah. yeah grow them so, over there let's ship them over yeah there, so so and if sorry um no that's fine if you have an ash tree that you don't want to lose um tree definitely get it treated um i have two big ash trees that overhang my house or the back of my house and my deck uh my wife wants me to cut it down because the house is too shaded and it drops branches on the tree or on the deck and everything. But I know how much it'll cost to remove those trees. And yeah. I'd rather treat it for a couple hundred bucks every two years rather than, you know, $5,000 to remove them. Sure. Yeah. Like, we'll wait for the next tornado to take that tree yeah. down and let insurance take care of it. Exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know any good insurance agents? <laughs> I do. Good ones? Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, Mark. You can. His mom, uh, Cindy, uh, yeah. Cindy Lamont, is your mom, correct? Yes. Yep. Right. Yeah. Long she's time State Farm, State Farm and that's what brought you guys to Buffalo. Is that? Yep. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. She's a great lady. Yeah. Thank. Um. So you t- it's two hundred bucks uh, for the treatment, roughly. Yeah, it's based on the diameter and how much product you have to put in the tree. So a really big tree, you know, might be three hundred dollars, but it okay. lasts for three or two years. Yeah. And I would imagine that's done by a professional. Yeah. Like you don't go to Menards and get it and inject no. your own tree. No. Size of the needle, just like. Just like <laughs> doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it doesn't work like that. No. There are products at Menards that they say you can put on the ground um, or any hardware store, um, but I wouldn't recommend that. It's probably not going to be yeah. work real Starts well. Starts at the effective. top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they access the top from the ground? Or do they, are they fly? Or do they, they fly. They so fly. Um, as an adult, they're a beetle and they can fly from tree to tree. And then towards the end of their life, they bore into the wood and lay eggs. And then they, when the eggs hatch, they're larvae and then they feed on the wood underneath the bark. And that's where like all the water and nutrients mm. are flowing up and down the tree. And so they basically girdle the tree, cut off all that um, as there's more and more larvae. They're like wood ticks. Yeah. Stupid. Oh, it is wood tick season. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Huh. So if you on a dead tree, if you peel peel back the bark, you can see. The is that is that those little like wiggly tunnels? Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotta I gotta take some inventory on some of my trees. <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't have very many ash trees. Actually, I don't think we have any. A lot of pines, but um, I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. Cut down those diseased ones. Is so? Is this? Is this something that if you don't treat your tree, just plan on losing it? Like it's just going to happen, and yeah, you're not going to get lucky, and like it's it's just a matter of time. Exactly. Yep. And then if you plan on not treating your tree and you just want to let it go, if it's um, a tree that overhangs your house, I wouldn't wait for it to die because once a tree dies from emerald ash borer, it becomes very brittle and becomes very difficult to remove, and the cost of removal just goes up. Mm-hmm. 
that's great advice danger zone goes up yeah yep. like for uh the company i work for if a tree has emerald lash borer we can't put a climber in the tree just because it's so brittle it could break apart while the climber's in there sure. and you're talking about your the job that you get paid for yes yeah which is tree related yes i'm a tell, what's tell us about that sure i'm a consulting arborist with the davy tree expert company um i so basically i go out to people's homes, talk to them about their trees, give them recommendations on, you know, pruning, removal, treatments of their trees, and just keeping their trees healthy. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine your company does the treatments. Yes. Yeah. Right? So if they had questions or you know, wanted to reach out to you, you guys work in the area, you're in the area, and... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Davy Tree, uh, we're nationwide. Uh, we're one of the largest and oldest tree care companies in the U.S., um, it was started in 1880 by John Davy uh, in Kent, Ohio, and that's where our headquarters is, and we're 100% employee-owned, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, and then we have three offices in the Twin Cities. We have one in Plymouth, which services the Buffalo area, uh, and then Eden Prairie, which is the office I work out of, and then South St. Paul. Sure. Now, when people hear, when I hear a couple hundred bucks and the importance of having trees around, people like that. Are there any resources for people like to go to, um, whether it's the DNR or somewhere at the state that might help with some of that cost or defray, or is it just, you know what, plan on losing your tree? Yeah, unfortunately not. There's not resources right now for um, homeowners for treatment costs or um, removal costs or anything like that. Um, I've at a conference I was at, uh, Valerie McClanahan, who's the urban and community forester for the DNR, um, she had said she's possibly working on trying to get some grant funding to help homeowners because mm-hmm. you know, if you have 10 ash trees on your property it's a pretty big expense to get rid of those and yeah yeah i mean and not for i mean it's kind of a public thing as well uh, i would look at it it's like maybe the dnr maybe would put some importance on that of of keeping that habitat so yeah there is question. um grant funding for communities to help manage ash trees um to um the city of buffalo last year got a grant to do a tree inventory so they know what types of trees they have, where they're at um, along roads and parks and stuff like that. So the city knows where all their ash trees are so they know how many they have and um, all that. So sure. they can kind of start budgeting for removal or if they want to do treatments and stuff like that. So do we have, a, I mean, we have a lot, right? It's a common tree. It's Yeah, it's one of the most common trees. Yeah. I, I don't know offhand how many the city of Buffalo has, but they know. Yeah, they have an sure. idea now. What are they? What are they climbing at Sturgis? I mean, are, are those trees? Ash- <laughs> 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 are those uh, generally ash tree? I mean, are are those maples or? Um, I mean, there are some oak trees that they're climbing. Okay, um, I think there's a basswood in there, hackberry. I think that was it. Hackberry. And don't worry, with all the trees that they took out along Central, there, none of those were affected. No, thankfully so, not. Yeah. We're far enough in the park away from yeah. 25. Yeah. I think that'll be interesting. It's going to be guaranteed great weather that day yeah. as well. We're putting up with all the crappy weather right now. So for that weekend, it's going to be a ton of people out and about. Yeah. And with that event, um, the DNR is hosting the uh, Festival of Trees which is kind of like an Arbor Day, Arbor Month celebration um, where they're going to have, trying to bring the community in, there's going to be a kids climb um, hosted by the University of Minnesota. Um, 
where kids can put on a saddle, climb up a tree. There's volunteers helping them out, not just cool. letting them go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knock yourselves out, kids. Yeah. <laughs> the city, I believe, is going to have bring their utility bucket truck down there and give bucket truck rides to kids um, and probably adults too. So, um, And then there'll be a bunch of, like, not vendors, but booths out there, inf- informational booths about um, trees and yeah. all that stuff. So, uh, sure. And then there'll be food trucks and all that for the community to come down. Um, the climbing event is going on all day. There's They split up the climbing groups into smaller groups, and so they're rotating between events, so you can check out each event they're going on all day. Very cool. That is awesome. Like, And, and this is like this is not like minor league circuit of tree climbing. Like this is These are big league tree climbers that are serious about what they do, probably earn at least a portion of their income from traveling and competing and um they they some of them are yeah very intense com- competitors yeah uh, but a lot of them it's just their daily job and they kind of do the competition for fun um there is uh some climbers that you know they're maybe been climbing for two years and they want to try it out um but there are those top climbers that are competing to go to international competition yeah and how did this event end up in buffalo uh, that was my doing, um, being nice a part work. of the Minnesota Society of Arboriculture, and I'm also on the park board for the city. Um, I knew Sturgis Park, the gem of a park it is, with the giant trees. I was like, we got to get this event to Buffalo. And they kind of move it around every year to different cities. Yeah. Um, and so I brought the uh, people that organize a competition, I brought them out to Buffalo and um, had them look at the trees, make sure they work for the competition, and they said, yeah, and they loved it. And the city has been great with helping us reserve the park and being available to make sure the event goes off without mm-hmm. a hitch. Yes, uh, they reserved it well in advance to <laughs> looking for my own uh, e- event, yeah. not to compete with your guys's, but I said I'm going to throw a shameless plug in here. And if we haven't lost them by now, or they're probably going to be listening, yeah. but we also have an, an event over in, uh, so it's going to be a full day of events uh, over at Pulaski Beach. Um, we're going to have food, hot dog games. Uh, we're doing a grill giveaway. So it'll be really fun. Um, so a lot of things going around town at that point. Yeah. I was going to say, I would like to think that I could have become a pretty good tree climber, except our neighbor kid broke her ankle when mm. we were climbing trees, and my dad like put a kibosh to that. Now I think we're like six or seven. Yeah. Again, when you think this massive tree that you're climbing, you're like, oh, I'm so high up here, probably five feet off the ground. But uh, thank you, uh, Devin, for breaking your <laughs> ankle jumping out of a tree. Yeah, it's funny. Um you know, being in the industry and knowing all the safety equipment and stuff you need when you get off the ground, when you get aloft, and I see my kids climbing my front yard tree, and it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to do this, but I'm going to report you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not safe. That's yeah. funny. So, but, I think you could still climb a tree. Thank you. I, yeah. I think you should compete. I'd sign up. I'm busy that day. Oh. They they should put amateurs next to the people who actually – actually, no, I've seen people climb up those trees, and when you get some tree – tree care you guys are kind of nuts like yeah. when you're oh, yeah. when you're up there oh my goodness yeah it's a lot of fun to watch and you know i went to school and i climbed trees recreationally it's like oh this is so much fun and then i did it for a summer and you got a chainsaw in your hand and you're cutting this big chunk of wood and it's you know tied off and it's like yeah this, this oh. isn't for me so yeah. <laughs> i never no, did a whole lot of climbing maybe yeah. i'll be the ground guy yeah give you a bid you're doing great <laughs> <laughs> a good job there's gatorade down here when you're done <laughs> so uh, well is there anything else that we missed that uh, we could go over as we wind down um 
I think just, you know, if you hire a tree care professional, um, you know, a certified arborist with the International Society of Arboriculture is always a good step of kind of knowing that they're knowledgeable about trees and they're mm-hmm. not going to do harm to your trees and stuff like that. That's the one plug I have for for that. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, thank you very much for coming in. We yeah, really appreciate it. Me. And that Saturday, May 20th, down in Sturgis Park is the tree competition. Uh, well, that whole weekend. So enjoy uh, Saturday, Sunday, I should say. But uh, for the Buffalo Community Podcast, I'm Tyler Reese. I'm Mark Benzer. Ryan Gustafson. Nailed it. Thanks for listening to the Buffalo Community Podcast, produced by Edlin Media. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube, as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.